It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, Saturday Friends. How are you? It's the Saturday Friends Club. We watch stuff. You you enjoy us talking about us watching it. We watched it once and maybe liked it. Yeah, we could have liked it. We could have been indifferent about it or hated it. That's Those are feelings we can have. I'm Josh. Sabrina's here. Hello. Max is here. I am. I'm right over here. Yeah, we're we're within distance of each other. I could touch you if I wanted. We no, could. I couldn't. My like, arms are pretty like, short. We'd have to work together. We could. Like, uh, there, touch fingers. Oh, it's like the creation of Adam painting. Yeah. I was going to think it was like E.T. That, too. <laughs> I just thought it was weird his finger could glow. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Like but I just... now I want some Reese's Pieces. Because mm. not only is he an alien, but he's magic. Maybe he's a bioluminescent alien. Maybe that's like some communicative issue. Interesting thing about uh about ET is the fact that they originally wanted M and M's, but the M and M's company turned them down. So Reese's stepped in and had them put in Reese's pieces, and Reese's pieces became the biggest thing that year. Oh, I is remember. that what they yeah. were? I always like I always thought they were M and M's. No, they're uh, jokes on you. No chocolate and Reese's pieces. Yep. So they're just peanut butter and a candy shell. Pretty nice though. So they kind of cr- I mean. Reese's are perfect because they are the perfect, like, n- amount of peanut butter to chocolate. Well, there's no chocolate in a Reese's, a Reese's Pieces. The, that's what I mean. Like, Reese's oh, Pieces shell, yeah. is, has the candy shell, so it's 0%, but the peanut butter is still good. The peanut butter is, it's like, they're slim, and you get a thing where you just put one on the top of the roof of your mouth and just, like, press it. Oh, like a dog, yeah. <laughs> I meant to like crack the candy oh. shell, right? Like you can just like snap it like that and get that good crunch, and then just like the peanut butter is like melting on your tongue, and like you not like have a particular way that you eat like M and M's or anything like that. Is that just a me thing? I mean Reese's Pieces for me, like M and M's, I kind of do the entire like by color, by sort, by everything. I... Reese's Pieces is just like by the scoopful, drain <laughs> it down my stupid fat gullet. I have. I feel head. that way about peanut butter M and M's. I haven't had M&M's in forever, and I've never had Reese's Pieces. Oh, oh okay. We have to re- we have to fix that. I mean, it's funny because that's not related to the movie we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I was going to try to segue from E.T. to the movie we are talking about, which is Short Circuit. Okay. But we should definitely get Reese's, Pe- Reese's Pieces after this. Reese's Pieces are good. I'm going to try and do a segue like this. So the, the some of... Something no, I can't. I can't the seg- the segue I'm going to admit was not very good, but I'm going to say that I made waffles this morning, which was nice. Got a new waffle maker. That was pretty cool. Um one thing that it was I got so it's a new waffle maker. It's got settings that are like a robot. We've got a movie. Did you short circuit your waffle maker? <laughs> no, it's working fine. <laughs> Why would I do that? It's brand new. Just for the Okay. Okay. I short circuited the pot rocket, the the maker, and it's got a laser, and it can kill tanks. Oh my god, that laser! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. The the movie this week is Short Circuit. Uh, it is Mag's choice. Mag's, tell us about the shortings of these circuits. Okay. All right. So this is another. I like. I feel like the weirdest and worst movies are like I start with like I remember this fondly watching this with my dad and my brother, and it turns out something terrible like Wizard. <laughs> oh god i want to go back and watch what well no we watched wizard i'm thinking of wizards which is like the 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 video game oh yeah movie from the 90s with what's his butt from uh irrelevant yeah time is fleeting um so yeah so i mostly remember like 
my I remember my dad liking this, and I remember a couple times we watched it, um, like when I was homesick from school. Um, we would watch it, and so I have that like very spotty, sort of slightly feverish. I remember bits and pieces, and a lot of the like voice cracking. And my dad and my brother and I watched a lot of like Marx Brothers movies and Three Stooges movies together. Like that was a thing that we did a lot. And when like TB TBS TCBM TCM Turner Class, yeah, TCM would do like marathons of uh Three Stooges and stuff. Like that was something my dad, my brother, and I would sit and watch. And so I think he liked this because there's a lot of Three Stooges in it. Um, and also because as I grow older, I realize that my father has no taste. <laughs> um, he doesn't like good things, which explains a lot about my media literacy. Um, but yeah, so like I mostly remember it in that sort of homesick from school way of like seeing bits and pieces and then seeing it on TV every once in a while, but never like sitting through and watching it from like beginning to end with like intention and focus. So I've made a mistake today. <laughs> well, I, I've definitely had watched it before because there were bits and pieces like I remembered seeing it. And then going back and seeing some of the scenes like, oh, yeah, yeah, there was something about that 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 just was buried deep within my skull of like, here's some bit of knowledge that you will never need to access again and you will use to your grave. But thanks for bringing it back anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I definitely had watched it and remembered like I, I would say that I remembered it fondly, but I remembered it fondly and just kind of like that passing way of like, oh, short circuit. Yeah. I Johnny Five Alive. Yeah, I bet it won't hold up, but whatever. It was a funny like robot movie back then. Sabrina. Yeah. What did you did? What's your thing with the uh, with the short uh, circuit? Yeah, I've seen it a lot, especially the sequel, because the sequel's the one I had on VHS growing up. Uh, short circuit two, circuit Circuit harder? No. Cir circuit again? Sh shorter? Shorter, bigger, and uncut? No. That's gross, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's the... That's... This is a family-friendly film. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, the film. Oh, is, no. Yeah. No, I Oh, yeah, yeah. Neither is the now. film. I mean, I was very young when I first started watching it. Yeah, but... Fisher Stevens made sure this was not a family-friendly film. Ugh. All right, so let's get some of the stuff out of the way that I guess we should talk about because well, we're adult. Oh, wait, we have well, podcasting stuff to do. Well, sorry. yeah, I've got to hit the button to talk about things. Oh, but... yeah, sorry. I shouldn't have thought it... we shouldn't have been talking about anything before you hit the button. That's fine. Uh, well, no, we talk about so the mags, the way this works is we talk about <laughs> our experiences before I hit the button and afterwards do we then talk about the movie. Oh, uh, you know, you'd think I'd have this down. Yeah, I, I mean, really. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's let's talk about um, military robots gone crazy. Let's talk about lightning storms. Let's talk about getting jiggy with it with a with a metal man. Uh, let's <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, this really garbage soundtrack for Short Circuit. I'm just going to let that go in the soundtrack in the background for a while so it doesn't destroy our brain. I feel like it's still destroying my brain just a little bit. It's so bad. The soundtrack is the worst. Like there's nothing good about it. It is all just like somebody sitting at a Casio and hitting every stupid loop button that they can possibly find. Random this was made in 1986. So it's like close to the end of New Wave. Right? Like, so they're like, oh, this is what the future sounds like. And it's like, no, Jimmy. 
No. Yeah, I mean, now that it's, that it's no, picked it up. No, it actually sounds like, look at this photograph. I'm just no. <laughs> I mean, like, listen to the hot banger now that it's actually picked up. It's not even really music. It's just noise. Yep. Oh, look, we added a new thing. It's it's not good. It's it's probably the worst soundtrack we've had thus far. And it's all just this just trash. Um all right, <clears throat> enough about the soundtrack. Meg! Tell me about this this movie. All right, sorry. I was trying to find the soundtrack um information. Oh, I could uh, find that out. Yeah, if you want to pick that up cuz there's a song that that plays during the credits. Uh, well, okay, we'll talk about that. Well, yeah, then. yeah, we can talk about uh, that and the restraining orders put on him. <laughs> All right, let's start this off with maybe my favorite review, um, a contemporary review, which was from Variety, which is Short Circuit is a hip, sexless, sci-fi send-up, uh, and uh, that's that's inaccurate. <laughs> Every part of that, it is not, I mean, it might have been hip at the time, but it does not hold up, and sexless is not the word I would use to describe it. Oh. There's definitely some attempted to be made in this movie. Who, buddy? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, it was like, yeah, we'll get there. Input. <laughs> Input. I feel like every time we say, dear God, Josh, out of context, that's, whew. I feel like every time we say, oh, we'll get there, it's like a threat to the listeners. Like, you just <laughs> hold on, buddy. You think things are bad now. I will add real quickly, uh, David Shire did the score. Okay. I don't know who that is. Yep. I don't think anyone does. Um, so this was directed by John Badham, who, again, I don't know. Um, this was made in 1986. It stars Alan Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, Fisher Stevens, Austin Pendleton, and G.W. Bailey, um, with Tim Blaney doing the voice of the robot Johnny Five. All right, so let's start with our plot synopsis. Nova Laboratory Robotics experts John Crosby and Ben Jabatuya, which is, we have to stop here. Here's our first side note. Um... Uh, ben Jabatuya is played by Fisher Stevens and is an act. Uh, it, it's brown face. It's yes. not good. Um, the act was originally written for uh, a white character to be in that role. And then somebody's like, hey, what if we make it an Indian guy? And then somebody's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And like things could have gone so well there. Um, but they didn't because they cast a white actor instead and then did that whole like foreigners speaking English poorly malapropism shtick, which is bad. And then I don't know if the original character was supposed to be as like wildly sexist as he is, um, or if that was just added to be part of the foreigners don't understand how things go stick. Well, um, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Interesting point about this is that, uh, and you mentioned it before. Who was the comedian that did the research on that particular character? Oh, um, Enzi Sansari has a bit about brown face. Well, he has spoken out about brown face um, several times, um, and there's a couple of articles where a mutual friend of theirs connected them. Because uh, when Aziz Ansari has talked about how when he first saw this movie, he thought this was like a cool character. Um, and Because he's like, dirty. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, and also like excluding the bits where he's like incredibly disrespectful to the one female character, in the, the one female character in the movie. Um, like otherwise, like he seems like a fairly decent character. Like he's not a, like fairly stereotypical, excluding the whole foreigners don't speak English idioms mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then he found that it was brown face and then it was like he was sad. And so we talked to Fisher Stevens about it, um, and Fisher Stevens has been like, oh, yeah, no, I was, uh, like, an upcoming actor. It was a less culturally sensitive time, and I would not do that again. Like, I can see how that would be not great. 
um, and, which is cool. Interesting point also on top of that is that in India, it actually caused a lot of people some confusion because Fisher Stevens looks a lot like Bollywood actor Jared Jaffrey, so P- who had just had his first major film, Mi- Miri Jung. Javed Jaffrey. Javed Jaffrey, sorry. And uh, basically, people were like, wow, he's in this like major American movie. And he was like, ah, actually... That's that's not is that me where they at all. His name? How do you spell his last name? Uh, his last name is J A F F R E Y. Oh, okay, because they change um Ben's character's last name to Javeri, J H J A H V E R I. Wow, that is close. Movie. So I wonder if that's supposed to be like an homage. Maybe that's interesting, but yeah, uh, it stated uh, that it was another actor for the movie. Once people kind of like figured out, so. I guess brownface done so well that Indians didn't know it wasn't an Indian. <laughs> That's a. An, I don't know. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let Indian actors play Indian parts. I guess. Uh, controversial statements in the year 2018. <laughs> um, made about movies made before I was even born. <laughs> um, so so that's Newton Crosby and uh, Ben Javatuya. Um, and they're the robotics experts. And yeah. so they develop a bunch of prototype robots called the Strategic Artificially Intelligent Nuclear Transport, or SAINT, um, for the U.S. military to use in Cold War operations. Because, again, this is 1980. And they have these cool lasers, and they're just like, and their eyes go all red, and they're, they have sort of like, what is it, the DeLorean eyes that pop up? Like, they have very expressive faces for war robots. Yeah, they, they're, they're, eye, they're eyelids slash eyebrows. <laughs> they got, they got... Their brow game is strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They specifically uh, wanted to make something that had a human face while being as unhuman as possible. So f- specifically with like the eyes, the way that they were able to do that is actually have them use photo ones photo that lenses, had yeah. photo lenses so that they actually could dilate. Yeah, they could dilate their eyes and then um, they have like these sort of flaps above their eyes uh, that were used sort of as eyebrows. And when the robots were in angry mode, they were down low and looked quite menacing mm-hmm. actually for something is this is a goofy movie it's very silly but they still look really good and i think generally like the sort of puppeteering work they did was pretty solid they were in a goofy yeah. movie <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> context 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 uh for those of you in our discord you will under you will maybe get that joke um oh bad oh again well yeah i mean who just lost her whatever fine blank face is not good please stop um, after uh, after a live demonstration for the military, one unit, uh, Saint Number Five, is struck by lightning, um, arcing through the lab's power grid. Uh, so this is not a movie where you can be like, "Oh yes, this has a basis in science." This is like the the the, science, the goofy kind of science fiction where like this provides a vehicle for a more interesting whatever, and is not hard sci-fi. Uh, it's hilarious to watch, in, you know, after like where we are in like artificial intelligence and machine learning now. Like, watch this movie now. It's just like, oh, how adorable. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so uh, uh, number five gets struck by lightning and is rendered sentient somehow. Um, and then it's like, uh, uh, the, they try to get it to go back to the maintenance area, and it hitches a ride on a garbage truck because somebody mistake, mistakes it for, like, one of those Herbie Kirby sort of gray trash can things, and it escapes the facility. Um, did it look, okay, did it look to you like this was in Richmond? Like the scenery outside the military base when they start like escaping. I mean, I guess I could see it being that kind of area. I mean, it was kind of green, so it did. It wasn't the typical like, "Hi, this is in SoCal desert area." 
Right, yeah, but it just like it looked like the coastline. And then I thought the bridge looked like the bridge from like this part of the bay to Vallejo. I don't know if that's actually true, and I couldn't find anything about it uh, with the cursory research I did. Let me see if I can find shooting locations. I would appreciate that, but it did look like it was in the Bay Area. Um, but again, maybe that's just like I live here, and I want things to look like here. <laughs> um, but so the robot ends all the way up in Astoria, Oregon, which is what leads me to doubt maybe that I was correct. Um, and it's found by Stephanie Speck, an animal caregiver who mistakes him for an alien. So like this girl, so like, oh God, like <clears throat> how does this even leave out? So we are introduced to her essentially through this abusive boyfriend who drives up and tries to like convince her that they're still together even after she's broken up with him because apparently she she's not a human being either and doesn't know how people work is my assumption. I will tell you the filming location is Oregon. Okay. All and right. Asteria primarily with Portland being probably that bridge that you saw. Yeah. Portland does have some ugly. No offense, Portland. But y'all have some ugly bridges. Keep Portland bridges ugly. <laughs> All right. So a uh, dude comes up in like a Firebird, a Trans Am. Yes. Um, and is like, we you you know you like me, and she's like, get out. I don't. That guy has well, a Trump hat for sure. And on top oh, of yeah. that, he was trying to steal her dog for some sort of medical research to yes. sell it. Yeah, like how do you leave this out? He's a jerk, right? Yeah, real jerk. Um, and so, um, she chases him out, and then Johnny Five, or well, he's just number five now. Like, gets in her truck. Like she has a food service truck. Yeah, like a food truck before they were popular. Look at this proto hipster. Also with like the cozy sweater and this gets a very product like this look is coming back. <laughs> um, oh, we found we've hit like this sweet spot on that nostalgia coming well, back cycle. Even her food truck said like didn't have like healthy health food stuff on yeah. it too, on top of that. Yeah, like yogurt and granola and homemade food. Yeah. Yeah. She was just super ahead of her time. I yeah, mean, it is Oregon, so maybe Oregon's been hipster this whole time, and we just didn't realize. <laughs> well, I mean, it. honestly, like with all the like rainbows and stuff on the house, I thought it was like a post hippie sort of thing. Mm. But like purity culture is a purity culture is a purity culture. Um. So, uh. But anyway, so like again, has wrapped back around, and everything repeats itself. Anyway, so she chases off like the douchebag who is trying to steal her dog. And you essentially get to run around her animal sanctuary. I mean, she has a bunch of different kind of wild animals. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she has a housekeeper somehow because the economy was that good in the 80s, I guess. Is that what who that lady was? She was a housekeeper? That's how she's listed in the credits. Oh, okay. I assumed that, like, my first guess when I saw the relationship, because, like, there's this old lady that's like, oh, your old ex is around. Or, like, or your landlord is calling about the the number of wild animals you have without a permit or whatever. Um, and so she has to have a conversation, but that's all like irrelevant to the plot. But I thought that that older woman was like her grandmother or her aunt or somebody that she lived with. But no, yeah. this is the house she lives in by herself huh. with her like crappy business that we don't understand to be successful. Uh, and manage this like, what is the economy like in the 80s? Man, can you imagine? Yeah, anyway, so um, she finds the robot in her food truck, um, takes it inside thinking it's an alien. Um, she provides him, he asks for input. Um, and she gives him books and he speed reads all the books in her house. And then she lets him watch TV, which is how you turn somebody to an asshole in every 80s movie. <laughs> um, it's how you corrupt your, your innocent life form. Um, but all he all he does is remember commercials and he watches like uh, the Three Stooges. Nyuck, nyuck, nyuck. He becomes a reference joke machine. Like he could have a, a, um, a YouTube series. Oh, on, God. Like <laughs> 2012. Let's, so let's imagine like... 
this movie nowadays, he'd just be like a meme machine. <gasps> I want that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Can Johnny Five has cheeseburger? <laughs> Tag yourself. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, alive. Oh God. He would be the greatest meme lord. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so she provides him all of his verbal input, which gives him a better language uh, skills. And eventually he names himself number five, being the fifth prototype produced. Um, Stephanie continues to help the curious number five learn about the world. Uh, so she hands him like encyclopedias. He reads all of the books in her home. She eventually discovers uh, that he's a robot and not an alien. And that she's very angry. She gets very angry. Like, can we talk about this character? She's for a very oh my angry. God, yeah. She for is no either reason. like ready to jump on. Like, she's ready to ride your disco stick, or she is ready to, like, kill you. And those are the two states that this woman exists She in. is all about either input or just <laughs> not wanting anything of it. She's wanting to either disassemble or input. Yeah, she's not a very well-written female character. And, I mean, she just assumed he was an alien, even though he was obviously, like, if you just looked at him, it's like, he's, he's a robot. But no, she automatically just assumes he's an alien, he doesn't understand what an alien is because that's not part of his programming. So he doesn't understand that she thinks he's something he's not and she gets mad at him. Right. And it's not like she asked him once he had better language, like, where are you from? Tell me more about whatever. Like, it was just like, oh, I didn't ask you any questions and I didn't investigate this. Like, they didn't give her any depth to ask questions or whatever. She's like this completely two note female character and they are like, I am upset or I want, I am a horn dog. <laughs> For robots. Robots programmers <laughs> I don't know whatever it's not it's not an engaging character to center sort of your story whatever it's weird input 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 um so anyway so she figures that he's a robot and then gets upset and then calls the note she pulls out a phone book to call the secret government lab to come <laughs> get their robot because it's 1988 and apparently that's how you just rolled in 1988 you put your secret lab in the phone book in the white pages, too. Not even, like, the yellow pages, but the white pages. Um, so she calls the CEO, Dr. Howard Marner, um, orders who orders Crosby and Ben to recover him, and uh, so they want to disassemble and rebuild him. While they wait for Nova to arrive, number five learns about death when he accidentally crushes a grasshopper um, and concludes that if Nova, dis Nova disassembles him, um, that he will die. And so he learns uh, the fear of mortality, um, and he tries to escape in Stephanie's truck. However, he's got a the tracking device on him, and they quarter him and deactivate the robot to return to the facility. Uh, during the transport, so it's um, Ben and then some like nameless goon driving the truck. Mm -hmm. uh, during the transport, number five is able to react. Like also, the button to power him down is like a big old arcade cabinet button. Like it's this big old red button that should be like strong punch. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's a very satisfying to look at button mm -hmm. um like if I, if I saw that robot i would just immediately try and touch that button right you wouldn't even touch it button. once but you'd like jam it like a bunch of times like, you'd be like, <laughs> you know like that's how you want to hit that button um so he somehow reactivates himself and then figure out how to power himself back up and then like the driver notices that he's trying to escape and is like should i leave him and then like the the band is like uh maybe i don't know <laughs> Which is, like, fair. Nobody knows. It never happened before. Um, and so he scares them into leaving the truck and then drives the truck. Even though he doesn't have feet, he has treads. Like, every time he drives a vehicle, it makes me upset. Well, because there's always the scene where he tears the driver's seat out and throws it out the door. Right, 
Um, he uses like some sort of like appendage or whatever, but I don't want to think about where the appendage is coming from. Uh, again, input. Um, sexless movie. Hip sexless movie, my ass. Um, uh, because of the unusual actions, Crosby... Uh, no, he doesn't try to convince Howard yet. Uh, this is weird. Okay. Crosby is convinced that something like has gone up and they don't want to take this robot apart without understanding why it has changed because it's making new decisions. He doesn't think he's alive yet. He doesn't think that number five is alive. Um, Howard is like not having any of it and so sends their security chief out. Uh, that's Captain Scroder. Scroder. And, and there name. is at least one time where the like Captain, uh, I think it's Ben is like Captain Scrotum and then Newton is like Scroder, and it's Ben's like, that's what I said. And you're like, ha ha. <laughs> la, 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 la. Um, so Scroder and three other Saint prototypes uh, go to uh, three other robots go to capture number five. Um, number five is gets to solve this by being zanier than the other robots. Um, you you know, you know, we, we don't solve this through violence, but through Three Stooges antics. Um, uh, he reprograms them, in fact, to act as the Three Stooges and then escapes. Um, the he steals another Nova truck, which we're like, we're on the third one at this point. They just have disposable tracking trucks lying around. Um, he takes apart a track, uh, a, a, a Nova truck with uh, spare parts. Crosby finds um, number five, or no, Crosby steals a truck at this point um, to find number five. He finds number five with Stephanie, and number uh, five is able to, con oh god, they totally forgot about the stupid date scene. Okay, all right. So D oh, We need <laughs> robot dates now? All right, cool, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was your movie. All right. Um, so uh, number five escapes and then goes back to Stephanie's, and Stephanie... He's like, take me back, Stephanie. And, and Stephanie's like, we can't, like, I can't keep you here forever. And they dance together that night, and she's like, you're a good dancer. And like, Josh, tell me what you remember being wrong about this scene. Uh, the fact that he has these military treads as his feet and she is floating atop him. <laughs> like there's obviously a platform that has been placed placed there. Yeah. Because she is not moving at all. Like there's no movement in her shoulders. She is just like, I've got my arms around you and I'm just giggling. Right. And like the robot is being like creepily romantic. She's like, no. And he keeps doing it. And I'm like, did he learn about consent from the first boyfriend? <laughs> it's real. Like, it's not super creepy, but it's like not great. I mean, he comes in on her when she's like in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Well, so like he doesn't know. And then at first he doesn't notice. And then he's like, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. What is it? Like, he waggles his eye flaps and is like, nice, nice software, which is like not even true because that's obviously her hardware, but that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's not all hard. Right. Remember when they said this is a sexless movie? Uh, no. So you got the robot creeping on this naked lady in the bath, and then they dance together. And then, like, come the morning, uh, uh, the news has gotten out that, like, the robot has escaped, and there's like a twenty-five thousand um, dollar finding fee for it. And so, abusive boyfriend comes back with a gun, which <laughs> was like kind of hard to watch. Um, uh, he doesn't fire it at her, point it at her, but like there is a point where like he find they find Johnny's trying to make breakfast, but doing it poorly because he's following instructions literally. Um, uh, it's very silly in an eighty sort of way. Um, uh, but then he tries to fire Johnny Five, and there's a point where, like, he's got the gun on one hand, and then the girl in the other, and it's like, oh, this is, like, especially in, like, 2018, and the week we just had with, you know, like, yeah. it was just hard to watch. Um, it was just very uncomfortable and, and not, not super funny. Um, or at least I didn't think it was. 
Um, but they scare him away. They oh, Johnny Five like cuts his belt buckle. Like he uses his laser to like defeat him in a safe way, and then he runs down the hill with his pants on. You you should also mention that he disassembled his car in like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, like like was... in a really like clean way. Just oh, like yeah. settled and settled in neat individual piles, and he's just like oh, my car. And then he picks up like a big pipe, and then like uh, Johnny Five was like pew ha what, making sort of like. Bad, kung fu noises, bad yeah. Bad kung fu noises, yeah. Uh, but he doesn't hurt anybody. And then the bully slash ex-boyfriend goes running down the hill with his pants hanging off of his, because apparently he wears his pants like eight sizes too big and then uses a belt buckle. Whatever, it's fine. I don't wear belts like that, but maybe I'm not. Maybe he right. had some great weight loss at one point. That's true. Maybe I'm just judging him and like, I shouldn't be. That's like just it, a weird cartoon little Looney Tunes he, thing. He where... was 350 pounds and he was on Jenny Craig and... You know what? Congratulations to him. He's done some good work on making his body the way he looks, the way he wants it to. I think that's just a trope from like old comedy films and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's very clear. Yeah. Like the weird zany. Um, so uh, so they call Crosby, and uh, Crosby has talked to Ben about like, oh, that girl is cute or whatever, even though she has no discernible personality aside from like angry or mount. Um. <laughs> Which is weird and like very sci-fi, like very classically sci-fi of the era. Um, uh, so they go to this place called the Black Lion Inn, and like <laughs> Newton is all like, "It's kind of like a date," and it's not, but it's kind of cute that he's got a crush. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk, and then General Scroder is there overhearing them, and so they negotiate to find Johnny Five, and the Scroder's like, "Ha ha, I've got it," and backstabs, blah blah. And then she's angry at Newton because this woman has two emotions and they are either like heart eyes or hate eyes and yeah. n- never the twain. Um, so I don't remember what happens next because this movie is also not great. Doesn't, don't they go camp out at one point? Or... Yeah, I don't remember how they get around Scroder though, is what I'm trying to remember. I mean, eventually didn't... what they do... Because Scroder like... First, Johnny Five has the multiple robots that are sent after him. So there's the multiple robot fight. That's where he turns them into the Three Stooges. Right. And And they all get cornered together on like a T-road. Johnny Five has Stephanie's food truck. They get in the food truck and then book it out. Yeah, and he zaps a tree and the tree falls and they can't follow because damn this tree. Right. They could never get a tree out of the way fast enough. Not with an army of soldiers with them. Good heavens. So, yeah, and then they're out in the wilderness, and she's all upset, and just like, me, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll go get that guy that you're mad at, and now you two have to be together, because I set up the situation for some reason. Yeah, yeah, like, again, like, there's no, like, this is what a relationship, like. I want you two to make out. <laughs> right, but then also later, I don't know, whatever, we'll get there. Please. <laughs> to threaten she, our listeners again. She's all over me. Please stop her. <laughs> I really, this is not a healthy relationship. This is what codependency, like, this is what somebody who never has known what a woman is. Who Anyway, whatever. Um, so... Please, Steve Gutenberg, save me. <laughs> um... So he finally manages to convince Crosby of his sentience uh, by laughing at a shitty anti-Semitic joke. Yeah. Which I won't repeat. Um, But again, especially given like last week's news, uh, that was like, that might have read as tasteless and was now just sort of shitty. Um, I didn't really get the joke. 
joke, to be honest. Basically, it was a joke that, that Jewish people like to have money, or that they're stingy or cheap or whatever. The oh, is that what that was referencing to? I didn't get it. Like, I mean, I think it was a Jew, uh, a priest and a rabbi, so it was just the that, general like. Well, no, LOL. It was like a, a priest, a pastor, and a rabbi, or something like right. that. Right. Because like it seemed to be like uh like a Catholic priest and then like a a minister is I think what it was. Um, I like I said, yeah. I'm not gonna repeat ba the joke. Basically, the joke amounts to a whole bunch of people arguing about what, like, how to determine how to take funds for the church, and then one person at the very end stating, "Well, how about we just throw all the money in the air and God determines how much by how much He catches." Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's really funny. But okay. yeah, it's not, and that's kind of the point we're trying to make here. Like, not only is the joke not good. Uh, but also, like, it's incredibly anti-Semitic and, like, props up these really old anti-Semitic uh, ideas that get people killed. Yeah. Um, that, that, like, encourage violence and dehumanizing. And just, like, today, uh, yeah, just, like, it's just not, it's not great. Uh, it's, it's harder to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so. By the way, we should say that we are doing this, what, on November 2nd, 3rd? I forget what I forget it's dates. Third. November third. Yeah. So, so like last week there was a shooting in a synagogue in what is it Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Um. So. So j just saying that for reference, the, since the people context, are going to hear this weeks from now, going like, God, what's what happened? Well, if yeah. they're listening to it more or less contemporaneously, they will understand yeah. why we are all exhausted. Just making sure, also yeah. because it's a few weeks out. So. Yeah. Um. Uh. So for that to be the way that somebody demonstrates their sentience is, like, I'm sure it's not how they meant it. Like, the dark line there is like, oh, to be awake, you have to know that, I don't know, whatever. It's it's not great. It's The, the implications are very dark and very sad. Um, uh, but so they go down the mountain to try to prove that Johnny Five is alive. They get caught. Uh, they get sort of caught in a crossfire by Scroder. Um, they try to kill Johnny Five. Uh, and they come back with like his little chassis, like his well, little... yeah, they they kill Johnny Five. They, they totally kill Johnny oh, Five, and they're all sad. Thing, and he runs away. This, and then they this blow Huey, him up. this Huey shows up. That's not a Huey at all, but this... a repainted uh, what looks like commercial. Com well, not commercial, but, but just like a civilian regular civilian, radio, civilian yeah. helicopter. Oh, yeah, because there's that stupid thing where he's like, what's a Huey? I thought they were called choppers. They're called Hueys now. And I'm like, I, as soon as he said that, I was like, wait a minute. No, a Huey is a, a one type of helicopter. They're not all called Hueys. What yeah. the fuck are you okay. talking about? So do you remember, I couldn't quite figure out if, I couldn't quite figure out if the uh, the general Schroeder yeah. was an actual, supposed to be an army general or just the general of the security forces That's for what I this? Thought. I thought he was just a security officer for I think that he's facility. just security. I, I think he is because he also wears some stuff that's like drill and special ceremonies only like that uh, the cord he has, the blue cord um, and also like the ascot he wears. Uh, those are not general uniform items. Yeah. So um, but also he's able to call in helicopters. So who knows? Yeah, it's that was very weird. unclear, but it's another like use of like, and I'm I'm obvious. They're a paramilitary force. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I'm not usually the person who's like, well, that's a very dim view of the military, and maybe you should re-examine that. But also like, 
Maybe that's a very one-sided view of whatever. Anyway. Do, you, do you think if Lockheed was making a like robot that could kill, don't you think that they have attack helicopters they could also use with their own missiles? Just thinking. I mean, it wasn't a very good, like I said, it was basically a regular civilian helicopter. They painted camouflage yeah. and they stuck some cheap ass looking barrels onto. <laughs> so it wasn't even like. It was it, not a very convincing attack helicopter. No, it so was not. They were just like, hey, Jim, can you give us your helicopter for a few minutes? Why? Wait, what are you doing? What I, are you putting on it? I mean, and my dad worked on helicopters in the military. So it was like super obvious to me that that was not a military. Yeah, the vehicle. budget on this was low. Uh, well, not like super low. Obviously, they had some like good puppeteering and stuff, but that was not yeah. the crux of their budget. Right. Anyway, so they think they blow up. They blow up Johnny Five or they <laughs> blow up number five. Um, oh, and so like a key element to the naming of number five is on his way to pick up Stephanie. He hears a song. Uh, who is Johnny? Yeah. Wait, who is Johnny? Who is? It's garbage. <laughs> was this a real song that was released? Yeah, this is a real then? song. Wow. <laughs> okay, but it actually hit theme. number two on the billboards. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's not a song that was used in the movie. It was a song written for the movie. Oh, it's written for the movie. Okay. It is. It is. In fact, who's Johnny? Open parentheses. Theme from Short Circuit. Close parentheses. Wow. Okay. Um. So, like, why does the robot have the name Johnny? I don't know. I couldn't find any information if this was like a short story that had been developed into a movie. Or I what think happened. he just hears this song during the movie and goes, what about Johnny? Right. Like, I, know. I think that is essentially what happens. I know. But like, why? <laughs> why? This is a song they wrote for the movie. It's fine. It's d fine. D hold on. Do you need another dose? No. I, I could give you another dose. No, my favorite one is the one they use over the end credit, which is nonsense. Um, And also it's weird. Um, the whole sunrise, the whole soundtrack thing is quite weird and has some hiccups. Um, God. Okay. Anyway, so uh, you see these soldiers carrying out um, Johnny Five's chassis. You can see like the lower part of his, um, rather the lower part of his his chassis, um, and you can see like treads and like that panel that his torso must have rested his hips, I guess. Yeah, he's it's dead. Essentially, yeah, the lower half of his robot body. Um, and then they get all sad. And then they're driving away in their truck because right. they got to keep the truck for reason. This is a truck that has military hardware in it. Right. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's that truck with all this robot spare parts because that was foreshadowing. Yeah. But but he was able to keep they were able to be like, okay, well we destroyed them, so you guys are fired, but you get to keep this truck full of experimental robot tech. Maybe well, because it was like corporate robot tech so maybe he just had like really strong legal protections <laughs> when he started it was part of his contract that this was all his ip who knows whatever you're right it's absolutely it's absolutely fish crackers that he was able to do this. <laughs> um, mm. um i do like a fish cracker i know i was somewhere where they had like goldfish crackers and like one of those grill dispensers and no, boy I, was that tempting have anyway. you ever had crackers that were actually like fish flavored like i've had those before they're all right I believe you. I've had octopus jerky, and that was really good. Mm -hmm. I believe that salty fish is a flavor that I can enjoy. Like, I didn't think I've had sh uh, shrimp crackers before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, had, and shrimp chips. You've 
had shrimp chips. Yeah. Man. Yeah. All right. Anyway, now I'm thinking about shrimp chips. Mm. <laughs> you can get Unru- them at Walgreens, at least here in California. You All right. I got, I got a surprise for you. Johnny Five is alive. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's not Johnny yet. All right. He's number five. Number five alive. Um, And so he, uh, so they're like uh, having their talk because um, when Newton accepted Johnny Five as being sentient, um, Stephanie decided that they were in love, I guess, or at least that she wanted it, that they want they were they were making out because like they didn't. Okay, by the way, they haven't had like excluding the moment like the first their first interaction. She's like, no, you need to understand that he is alive, um, and the guy's like, no, LOL, no, no. I mean, they can be very empathetic or look alive, but no. Um, and then they meet up at the the bar, right? And he's like, hey, I'm he- awkward because I think you're cute, which is like understandable. Um, uh, and then, and then they talk about what makes things alive or whatever. And she's like, I don't like you. And then they have the camping trip. And then, then they make out at the end of the camping trip because he's, I don't know. Is that how straight people do it? Yeah. It's how, how, that how it happened with us. <laughs> you're so disappointed. Yeah. I mean, I am. I expected better of all of you. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, how, how does it happen with you guys? Is it isn't it just we, like a steamy, steamy like movie? No, we just talk a lot. Oh, <laughs> um, God, your movies are so boring. Nobody like nobody wants to be the first person to you, speak up. You guys are like all dealing with like acting like you're dealing with oppression and like dealing with your own self, like who you are in the world. Like oh, we just get to be straight. It's almost like the government released a memo about trans people not existing like a week and a half ago Ugh, gross what a wor- weird world that would be anyway whatever <laughs> um anyway uh so uh john they hear johnny like some noises in the background in the back of the van and so apparently he has created like a four foot recess in the bottom of the van because he was hiding under the van in like a container under the van <laughs> like a smuggling thing, but he's like three foot tall still. So how high is the van off the ground? <laughs> but then there's also a pile of crap on top of him. So he just like shows it aside. He's like, John, number five is alive. Um, and then they're like, oh, great. And then like, he's like, oh, I have a ranch in Montana. My dad left me in a ranch in Montana. Maybe we'll go there. And Johnny's like, we'll go there. And then she's like, what about my animals? And he's like, how many animals? Um, and Johnny Phelps like, I'll drive while you figure this out. <laughs> you weird fucking shipper. <laughs> and then like, also when they're kissing on the mountain hot mountaintop, um, uh, Johnny Five is like, I want some of that. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's okay. Weird. Like the, the, like the, the robot, uh, like lamp programmer <laughs> relationship. The triangle here is like, it's confusing. It's. <laughs> Okay, th- this makes me wonder two things. One, like, how? Are, what are our feelings on man, woman, robot, like, polyamorous relationships? Okay, so, like, there's a weird dynamic here because one of them is his creator. I know, that's the thing. I, my next question was, would he have to call him daddy? Uh, <laughs> but, like, why? he's his inventor and his boss, so, like, it's already, like, a familial professional relationship. So, like, I just think that, like, that's maybe not a healthy way to start having a relationship. Also, the female, like your 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 woman character, is has two settings, and they're both like incredibly emotional. And so maybe you should, I don't know, have a fully fleshed character there. But that's just me. I don't know. I like characters. <sighs> was was that was that short circuit? That was. 
Would, would you like to know some interesting facts about Short Circuit? Tell me something that will make me happy about Short Circuit. As per the movie's attempt to portray a living robot in the real world, every part of Johnny and his brethren was built to have a specific logical purpose behind them. This was the originally a source of contention between director John Bradham and the robot's designer Sid Mead, the latter who insisted on giving Johnny eyes to give the character a method of visually expressing emotion. As a result, Johnny's iconic eyelids were created with the explanation that they were sun guards and camera coverings. And if they didn't have them, he would have looked dumb and it wouldn't be anywhere as fun. This yeah, no, movie I, I would have, have sucked. Say, yeah, the, the robot character, I think if we had seen more of him, he would have gotten way more annoying because um, uh, uh, all he does is pop culture references. But he's quite charming as a, a puppet. Like, he has a very expressive face for mm -hmm. a robot. And part of that is because Tim Blaney, who did his voice, was also his puppeteer. And the reason that they did that casting was specifically because they wanted to have the actual puppeteering be as on track as his voice. So that he would be, you know, if he pointed to something, there wouldn't be any delay in that. Uh, it would just simply be him saying that or doing that. Uh, there are some funny points in the puppeteering, particularly the point where he is watching uh, Saturday Night Fever and they're doing the like him dancing, and there's that one scene where he's trying to do like the the Russian like dance, and it's clearly like them making the puppet stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, and like they sped up the film. Yeah, there's some there's for the most part it's very smooth, but there's a couple moments where you're like, oh, that's just bad. Yeah. And it's anytime they try to get him to jump because he's a robot with treads. And My dear listeners, really and he weighed two hundred and fifty pounds. Treads. You don't jump. I guess maybe somebody does. Maybe you have treads and you jump, and I'm being uh, really reductive. But like, it just didn't look good. It looked very stop motion animation. Uh, so they did some tricks to make him seem more realistic when he was like flipping the book pages in the blink of an eye or tossing tossing that, the washer in the air. That did look really good. Like him going through books. That so also looked really good. Basically, the effects in this movie are really good. Yeah, it was an air hose. The washer was flipped uh, using a piece of string at both ends sideways. Not only did it save money for the producers for the actual robot and the screenplay, but provide, provided to be remarkably effective. Uh, also, I should mention that the budget for this movie was $9 million, which feels like that they made a pretty decent-looking movie for $9 million. Oh, absolutely. Like, visually, the movie still works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny Five still looks great after all these years. Oh, absolutely. Um, the box office, they made $40 million. I would so, like to point out that this movie is um, a spare 98 minutes, and the last four are the title, the end credits, which are just the movie compressed into four minutes. So if you, you know, you could just get by <laughs> with that last four minutes, and you would get to hear my favorite part of the movie, which is that closing soundtrack number, which is Come and Follow Me by Max Carl and Marcy Levy, and it's amazingly bad. Uh, like most of the music in this film, which oh, yeah. is but really awful. Like, you have nothing else to do but listen to like the bad lyrics. Um, and I, I just loved it so much. The minute it came on, I was like, this is going to be a keystone of my review. Uh, let's see. Uh, by the way, if we want to tie this into other movies, this is filmed in the same Oregon town that they did The Goonies and Kindergarten Cop. Huh. So that's a thing you now know. Um, this outperformed at the box office. This outperformed Pretty in Pink, The Fly. Three Amigos, Little Shop of Horrors, and About Last Night. That's amazing. It three, debuted at number one. Three Amigos um, is good. It was nominated for three Saturn Awards. Um, best Director, Best Science Fiction Film, Best Special Effects. And it won the BMI Film Music Award, which is bizarre. Um, 
apparently there was a sequel and uh Steve Carr is set oh no wait um it looks like in 2001 there was a, a note about a remake originally Steve Carr was on deck uh to direct and instead Tim Hill would direct the reboot but I don't remember hearing anything about that coming out so maybe it just hasn't uh, also, I should mention that David Shire, who I uh, who did the soundtrack earlier, turns out that he has done a lot of things. One, um, basically, the director of this film, uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, John Bradham uh, actually had done Saturday Night Fever with him, so he was actually the <laughs> referencing his yeah, own work, referencing his own work, referencing their own mu their own music uh, when they did this. So he actually hmm. he actually does have a a background. Um, so, so let me not dismiss him as much additionally another fun fact especially that halloween since halloween just happened um uh the robot body is used again as a different unrelated robot in wes craven's science fiction horror film deadly friend also filmed in 1986 huh so the robot has been in the body has been in three movies and johnny five has been in uh two um i've never seen that wes craven I haven't either, but I'm a grade A chicken, and I don't watch scary movies. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that that takes care of it. Um, let's go to it, Mags. You watched Short Circuit again. What is your feeling on Short Circuit? Um, The robot bits hold up, and everything else is, like, weird and dated. and I, like I feel like that's how it probably was as a kid, but you just remembered the robot parts. Well, like, and also, I don't think that I was, like, emotionally complex. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, there's a girl in this movie instead of like, oh, this person is a character, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, if I were to try and figure out what if somebody had told me before watching this again, what the movie was about, it was I would have to piece together. And it's like, OK, it's about a friendly robot short circuit. So something went wrong. So it's probably a bad robot before then he got turned good. Uh, there's probably people after military like it like, oh, yeah. like and everything the... is so forgettable it's just like he's a friendly fun robot he's casper but a, but not a ghost yeah no i think that's the only part of this movie that like still works like all of the cultural elements have gotten really weird um like for instance ben's care or ben the character ben is like really really dismissive of stephanie and like uses the slur um uh when talking to her um, halfway through the movie or whatever, like it's it's not great. No. Um. So like it it has not aged well. I mean, obviously this wasn't good then. Um. But at least we talk about it now. I'd be um, curious to find out how well the second one that Sabrina wa primarily watched. Find out how Short Circuit Two holds up. Maybe Short Circuit I mean, Two holds up better than one. I don't think they were filmed that far apart. Probably yeah, they were not. only two years apart. Um, yeah. But this movie had sort of like I mean, it's, medium uh, reviews as it was or after it was made. And like it still it was... has brown face in it. Oh yeah, because that character's still there. Yeah. yeah. But maybe he doesn't call anybody, you know, some homophobic slurs. I mean, I honestly don't remember because, of course, those are things you don't really notice as a kid. Yeah. Like that's normal, which is unfortunate. So. Yeah. Short circuit. I mean, it still had Johnny Five in it, and I just... That's, like, the best part of the movie. And like, as a child, your sense of humor is repeating things you thought were funny. Yes. Which is, like, where the robot is. So it's... uh, Yeah. 
but I would humor is where the robot is. Humor is where the robot is. That's why our podcast is so funny. Yeah, that's um, absolutely the reason why it's so funny. It's yeah, that's it. That's the core reason. Um, yeah. So the robot is still good, but nothing about it is. Yeah. Except I the mean, last song on the soundtrack. Literally, that's it. The <laughs> robot and that song. I don't know. I still kind of like this one. God, that's interest. Ugh. So bad. At least it's not the intro. Um. <clears throat> all right. That, that's been Short Circuit. We're we're done with a little two-episode two fun time here. Um. Yeah. We may come back. I think next week, if we uh, if everything lines up, uh, we'll have a uh, a Thanksgiving themed episode for you all. Oh, it'll be a little bit special. I don't want to say too much. We'll we'll try and keep it Thanksgiving themed no matter what. But we may have uh, something specifically Thanksgiving themed set up for you for our wonderful American Day of Turkey and football and and avoiding having to actually talk to your relatives. Um, all that all that good stuff. Um, I want to go ahead and say a thanks to our Patreon friends. These are our friends over at sat at uh, patreon.com slash sat friends club. That'll be Chuck, Dan, Francis, Item Crafting, Phoenician, and Rodea. Thank all of you for being a part of our super friends over there. You can go over to uh, patreon.com slash sat friends club to be part of the crew. Join the discord, get the episodes early because we post those uh, a little bit early to the discord room. Um, or actually to the Patreon, so you can see them there. You could also just subscribe to the feed on Patreon if you still feel like. Oh, um, it is. Uh, and let's see, you can go ahead and go to, um, we are on Twitter at Sat Friends Club if you want to see when the episodes go up. And satfriendsclub.com is the website. We will be back next week, more than likely, with more Saturday Friends for fun. Uh, till then, sleep well, everyone. Oh, I gotta hit the right button over here. Hold on. I believe in you. Yeah, this is the right button. Get it.